What up, y'all? Welcome to Queer Walk, the podcast, the insurgent bi-weekly audio syllabus created for queer women and folk community. I am Money, also known as Buzz Down Montiana. Oh, my ah. God. <laughs> <laughs> well, pick it back up, please. <laughs> and I am Nikita, and after a lot of thought and a lot of sad realizations, I realized that I'm not about that hot girl summer life, and I'm more of a mild queer spring. Okay. So you're going to hate on my bust down Montiana and then you're going to be a mild queer spring. I'm just going to admire your hot girl Montiana <laughs> shenanigans from afar. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we're going to get into the intro. Your chocolate demeanor and your cocoa kisses. I see your flow from a distance. Your vibe inside my submission. I give you all of me. Wanna make you proud of me. We see the God in all you do. Your light is harmony. Every type, darkest night, brightest light. I'm loving your soul. They hate you, replace you, taint you, but know that you go. Worldwide from every continent. I just want you to jig a little bit. Move them hips, feel that bliss. Hug your sister, make a fist. Don't resist your temptation, you're amazing, no limitation My favorite in this matrix, we move by your vibration And that's love I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby you love I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby you love I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby you love love. love. Alright Nikita, so before we get into the structure structure We have an announcement Yes we do so, strap on your hats, contain yourself. <laughs> okay. We are doing a Queer Walk Upstate Escape. Yes! <laughs> All right, y'all. Oh, go ahead. Because <laughs> they need to know when, money. Oh, right, okay. So, we are going to be doing an Upstate Escape, August 30th to September 1st. So, please, uh, we're going to put a link to the description in the show notes. And so, please, RSVP by August 1st so we can get a head count, so we can make sure that we have all the arrangements, mm-hmm. accommodations, and access so you all can have a really good time with us here upstate New York. Exactly. You know, we got some stuff to offer up here, and we just want to show y'all the, like, quiet getaway stuff that... There is here in right. Syracuse. And so we have like a jam-packed weekend planned. Um, and we need like a head count of folks to plan. So Yes. Mm. And I know that we trash Syracuse a lot. We but do. Syracuse is at its best in the summer. It is. And the people make the space. Yes. And so y'all come with y'all vibes. You already know that we have good vibes. It'll be a it's good gonna time. It's going to be great. It's yeah, going to be magnificent. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And we do have some spots here that yeah. are like, oh, Syracuse gems. Yeah. So, it's it's yeah. really beautiful. It's stunning. We're going to have a wonderful time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So get your, um, you you want to have a hot, a hot girl summer? Get your hot girl ass on. A plane, train, automobile, whatever you got to do. Your Fitbit, however you got to get here. <laughs> yeah, and come kick it upstate with us at the Upstate Escape. Run up in Syracuse like the motherfucking Tomb Raider. Okay, Nikita. And again, the uh, link to RSVP will be in the description. It'll also be in our bio 
on social social media platforms. Yes. So make sure you RSVP by August 1st. We need a count so that we can plan. All right. All righty. All right. So now you want to tell folks where they can find us, Nikita? Yes. So you all can find us on Instagram and on Twitter where we have the same handle, which is at Queer Walk Pod. You can also find us on Facebook, Queer Walk colon the podcast and you can also find us where it all began on tumblr queerwalk.com and where can they listen nikita they can listen to us on Castbox, apple podcast stitcher soundcloud and google play yes all right money mm-hmm. i've told people how they can find and connect with us you did once people find us and they connect with us there are other ways that they contribute to this here community. So yes. can you tell us how people can contribute to the Queer Walk community? Sure. Um, you like to say that we're like, we are the curators of this community, but mm-hmm. you all make the community, and that is so true. So we have a couple ways that y'all can continue to contribute to Queer Walk and keep this podcast going. The first way is giving us your coin. You might not miss $2, but you will miss us. So you can donate one time via Cash App, um, which is dollar sign, Queer Walk Pod, P-O-D. If you're international, I've just found out you can't you can't use the Cash App. Oh, no. Nevertheless, that is a non-committal way to contribute. So hit up the Cash App, dollar sign, Queer Walk Pod. Or if you would like to become a sustainer of this here program and give us a monthly donation and also get uh, access to, you know, some little cute perks over there on the Patreon, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash queerwalkpod, P-O-D. And by becoming a patron, you help us do all the things that we want to do with the meetup, the upstate escape, but also... Yeah, keep the podcast going. Keep the mic on. Mic as in singular, because we still... We, yeah, still uh, sharing we, here. Still sharing. Yeah, and support us. So you can do that. So other ways you can do this, if your money's kind of funny, is you can love us out loud by doing the R's. You can rate, review, request a, um, a topic, because I know we be scraping. You can repost the episode, retweet us, reply to us, um, interact with us on social media. Use the hashtag QueerWalk or hashtag QueerWalkPod, P-O-D, because I know folks be using that, to talk all things to the podcast. Maybe you have some questions or some reactions, or maybe you just think we're funny and cute. You can use the hashtag to do all the things. You can also send us an email, submit your topics or curved chronicles to queerwalkpod at gmail.com. Also, your inquiries or requests, if inquiries. you would like to. Yes. Inquiry, you know, if you like to inquire about us. <laughs> okay, <you know>. okay <laughs> money. <laughs> I, I would like someone to inquire about me. Inquire about what exactly? Whatever they they feel the desire to inquire. <laughs> the desire to inquire. <laughs> okay, Montiana. <laughs> All right, bitch. <laughs> you know. <laughs> ah. Okay. Inquiring minds would like to know. <laughs> so send us. I was about to say your thought tales. Oops, I meant Curve Chronicle. <laughs> you can't rename <laughs> that. <laughs> Sorry, all your inquiring about desire got me confused. Okay, okay. <laughs> send, send Curve Chronicles topic suggestions, questions, 
or inquiries <laughs> to queerwalkpod at gmail.com. All right, Nikita, you want to move it on along to the Queer Walk, Queer Walk, Queer Walk of the Week. The Queer Walk of the Week this week is speaker, organizer, strategist, and baddie, L. Hearns. Oh, my freaking goodness. Yes. So, we can we just talk a little bit about, like, why we were inspired to make L. Queer Walk of the Week this week? Oh, boy. I just don't even know where to begin. Yeah. So, during our Pride shenanigans, yeah. we went to a panel at the Schomburg. Yeah. After Stonewall. Right. 50, 50 years, years after Stonewall. Yeah. That's what mm-hmm. it was. It was like black and brown resistance or yes, something like that. Yeah. And Elle Hearns was, was one of the panelists. On she was on the panel and she just did not hold back. No. She was very honest. Because mm-hmm. there was a lot of questions about, you know, the state of, you know, the, you know, in air quotes movement. So As if there's one. That's why I mean, yeah. so yeah, not as if there's so as if to suggest that there's one, but then uh, the moderator was like, you know, can you talk about the state of, you know, the movement, the movement being like queer rights, the movement for black lives or what have you. She was just like very honest. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, she was just like a really thoughtful and sharp and like honest person. Yeah. And I just feel like the way that she showed up and talked about things on that panel was extremely principled yes. and honest and yeah. transparent and mm-hmm. accountable. Yep. And I just feel like we need more organizers yeah. like her. It's only through knowing you that I've thought more about this. But it's like, who do organizers or these, uh, you know, activists answer to? Yeah. Like, who, who are these communities that they supposedly represent? Exactly. And her on that panel, like, you could just see that she is accountable and answering to somebody. You're right. To, right? To, like her, to actual to, real people. To people. Specifically right. black trans people. To I black think, trans folks. I think it's okay yeah. to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was dope as fuck on the panel. And, and so she's, I just want to say that she was accounted, she is accountable um, to her community. And I think she was, you know, I think she was poking at other people who say that they're accountable to black trans people and actually are not. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yep. And like, there's this one small thing that I thought was really important. It's not small, but she was talking about like getting to the event. And so she was like, yes. it was difficult trying to get my mama into a list right. exactly. to come to the event. Exactly. And I think that that is important because yep. I don't think a lot of times, I think we kind of do it in like a ceremonious way where we're like, oh, you know, thank you for this person for doing this, this, and this. Yeah. this. But it's like, what, what is, what all does it take to actually get people to these events and to like be able to meaningfully, you know, participate? Yep. And I just feel like at every point she was really bringing in again, not just accountability, but also just like, what is the the real like material reality for like black black trans people writ large, but also like the black trans people who are like doing movement work. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. I just thought that that was it was just it was just so sharp. I'm it just was. like totally blown away. Yeah, I was her. too. I mean, I had I had heard her talk before and was blown away, but it's just like that was that was like in 2015. Mm-hmm. So you just get reminded of like how amazing somebody is when you experience her all mm-hmm. over again. So I just want to tell y'all a little bit about L in case folks aren't familiar with who L is because we've just been, you know, uh, gushing about her. So Elle Hearns, I guess like where I'll start right now and then I'll work backwards. She is the executive director and like creator of the Marsha P. Johnston Institute in Washington, D.C. 
And so a little bit about the Marsha P. Johnson Institute. We talk a lot about Marsha on this podcast, but uh, for folks who Marsha might be new to you all, she was instrumental in the Stonewall Uprisings in 1969 and is a a black transcestor who often gets left out of uh, history or who gets like picked up and used in these really weird ways, right? And so the Marsha P. Johnson Institute protects and defends the human rights of black trans folks by organizing, advocating, and creating intentional community. But also what I think is like very important work that the Marsha P. Johnson Institute does is that they also set out to reclaim Marsha P. Johnson and her relationship to like black trans people who are currently alive. So how I see that happening is like, I know there are black trans folks right now who don't know about Marsha, you know, and like they, they commit themselves in their mission statement to doing that work In doing this work of reclaiming Marsha. They give themselves permission to reclaim autonomy to their minds, their bodies and their futures. And so of course it was like birth out of this like pain that a lot of our stuff gets birthed out of, of like, you know, the murders of black trans women, but it's doing such like life and restorative and uh, joy work. And so that's the Marsha P. Johnson Institute, which uh, Elle talked about on the panel as yeah. like her way of of making, ensuring that her legacy is like not erased. Yeah, not erased, right? absolutely. And, and that she was here doing this, this black trans work from the beginning. And so also I wanted to highlight that she was, uh, Elle is... One of the first movement organizers in um, Black Li- the Black Lives Matter Network. Um, she was instrumental in the convening that happened in Cleveland, Ohio, which I went to. The movement for um, Black Lives convening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, go yeah, ahead. which I went to. I think that was 2015. And then subsequently when BLM moved to like chapter sort of organization yeah. formation, Yeah, she, she was key in developing that framework. I want to say sort of like reviews of her speaking say that she is at the center of most uh, catalytic social movements of our time. So it's like every place that something really important is happening in for, uh, for black folks, for trans folks, for marginalized folks in general, she does work around poverty too. It's like L is there, right? Outside of being uh, an incredibly principled and skilled organizer, um, she's also had her work recognized and is a, a writer as well. So um, she's been honored with the Young Women's Achievement Award for advocacy and organizing by the Women's Information Network. Uh, she was listed as uh, one of the Woke 100 honorees by Essence Magazine. And she won the Black Feminist Human Rights Defender Award that was awarded to her by Black Women's Blueprint. Her writing has been featured in Huffington Post. Ebony and the New York Times, and uh, she was actually one of the folks who talked on um, CNN after BLM interrupted Hillary Clinton's speech. Mm. She was one of the organizers on that panel as well. And so, Elle has just been doing the work for a long time. Yeah. And uh, so, this is just, I guess, our small way of just like making sure that she has her flowers. Yes. Yeah. While she's here with us. Yes. And you can follow her on all the things at Soul Freed Dreams. Soul Free Dreams. Yeah. yeah. So shout out to Elle. Absolutely. And I just, I was so awed. I was just taking pictures like a fan. I was like, <laughs> yeah. And she was talking to, I think she was talking to you and Diamond. And I was yeah. just like snapping pictures like, oh my 
Like, yeah. yeah. I still, I my um, I still have not recovered from seeing her on that panel. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and then like just so her too. Like, a lot of times I think about like people's panel voice. Yeah. And then they're like off panel Your voice. Kiki voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And she's and, just her. Yep. Yeah. To maintain that voice, I think it takes a certain kind of like refusal. Like yeah, I am absolutely. not. Gonna, I'm not gonna yeah. perform this for yeah. these people. You know. Yeah. Um. And so it was. It was great. Yeah. That is fantastic. Yeah. So again, shout out to L. <laughs> All right, Nikita, are you ready to move it on along to community contributors? Yeah. Nobody agreed to that. I'm, no, I'm not going to move on. I'm on protest. Strike. <laughs> Until we get a better community contributors jingle? Yeah. Well. We had one. I think the Cardi B one is old now. Oh, no? it is, it is. Well, we're not going to do whatever nonsense you just did. Come on, Nikita, come on. No. Come on, no. cross that picking line. Come on. Hey, hey, <laughs> ho, ho, this raggedy song has got to go. <laughs> Just terrible. You can't strike for everything. <laughs> oh, <right>. Watch me. <laughs> watch me. All right. So um, we want to shout out some new patrons that we've got. So first of all, if you can't tell from our voice, we're exhausted yeah. after Pride. Like, what? Pride yeah, it, was a long it, it, month. Yeah. Um, and so we just want to thank everybody who continued to support us, especially with your coin through Pride. Yeah. Um, so we want to give a shout out to our new patrons, SJ, Donna, the homies Bag Ladies, and the homie Queen, Miss Vixen, um, who just... I don't know if we've even, like, said no, this. No, so I was just about to say, people yeah. should be sure to check out Miss Vixen's uh, podcast. podcast. Yeah. Uh, they're yeah. on episode two yep. right now. So, yes, shout out to all y'all for becoming new patrons. Thank you. We really need the money. We, yes. <laughs> very, very bad. Or otherwise, the upstate Ooh. escape will just be in Money's living room. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine. I mean, my living room is cute, but. Uh, uh, not, not enough for people to travel to. <laughs> <laughs> and Christine, Chris, and Berna up their pre- pledges. I feel so. like Chris and Berna are always upping their <laughs> pledges. I'm not mad about it. <laughs> Thank Chris and you. Berna, right. Actually, we Thank appreciate you. that a lot. We really do. Um, <laughs> that way, we don't have to just hang out in my living room. <laughs> and also, we got a donation on Cash App from Bernadette. So, thank you, Bernadette. Thank you so much, Bernadette. Yes. So, we don't have any new reviews to read. But we do have new ratings, so we see y'all coming through just hitting the stars and the hearts. We appreciate that. We really appreciate it. Uh, It does matter. So if you don't have the time to, you know, gush about us in the review, yeah, just hit the stars. It matters. We see y'all and we shout y'all out and affirm Mm y'all too. I did want to read this email we got from a listener, Mm -hmm. Kim Agisha. Thank you so much. We appreciate you and we appreciate uh, this contribution from you. Mm -hmm. So Kim, Kim Agisha says, I hope you are both being awesome as always. Just to let you know. Just try. We are. We are. (laughs) And so anyway, uh, she goes on to say, I have been listening to your podcast for a couple of months now. After hearing about it from both the Inner Hope Uprising and from the Wildness with Tiff Amanda. Hey, y'all. Shout out to them. Shout out to the hoes and shout out to (laughs) Tiff Amanda. Us on the continent. Exactly. Yes. Uh, What a treat. They're our tethers. Or are we their tethers? Uh, We don't have to figure this out right now. Oh, my gosh. Money. Okay, I'm just, <laughs> hey, Tiff Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what a treat. I need to find the time to go all the way back to the very first episode. 
I'm writing specifically because I was catching up on old episodes and found part two of the explanation of anti-Semitism as opposed to Zionism. Towards the end of the segment, Nikita asked for feedback about the content, especially whether it makes sense. Well, it makes a lot of sense. From the first episode I ever listened to, where Nikita explained the term self-care, I have been looking forward to that segment. I really enjoy your choice of words, Nikita, and the choice of content, too. For example, before you broke down anti-Semitism, I had gone from Jews are the people of God and that's their land to the Jews won't shut up about how much they suffer. Your segment brought to my attention the nuance of the issue and made the difference between anti-Semitism and Zionism really clear. So this is to thank you for putting in the work to explain these and other topics in every single episode. You've taught me a lot, encouraged me to read more about different things, and I appreciate you. Aww. Wishing you both lots of laughter. Aww. That is so sweet. Thanks, Kimikisha. Yeah. And I really like this because I know I know that like sometimes the back of my skull blows off during your segment and <laughs> I have so to like ridiculous. go read stuff. So I'm glad that like you are getting feedback about the word because yeah. you are doing decolonized education work. Um, thank you. I appreciate that. I think these are things that I think about a lot and I talk slash ramble about them a lot. So the thing that feels really important for me and why I am always asking for y'all's feedback is because y- y'all always know that I'm ringing the bell of clarity. I mean, that's the whole point yeah. of the segment. So I just really, you know, it's I, I appreciate this feedback, but I'm also always wanting to make sure that, you know, things are clear. Do I, do I dwell too much on something that feels like, quote-unquote, one-on-one? Am I rambling? Am mm-hmm. I not making sense? Because I, I feel like the problem in my brain is that I feel like I have 75 deals, <laughs> 75 ideas, and I need to get all 75 ideas out at the same yeah, time. Yeah, And so mm-hmm. um, I appreciate the praise, but, like, I also would like to hear, you know, people disagree if they have thought about something in another way. So um, I really do want it to be like a communal sort of learning thing going on there. It is community learning. You know, we do what we can over here. You're teaching the community. You've definitely taught me, friend. I I am a better person with sharper and nuanced and actual uh, (laughs) critiques of things because of knowing you. I appreciate that money, truly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, organizing ass. You know, I do what I can. <laughs> All right. So, I also wanted to shout out, because I think maybe it was the last full episode we did, right. that we were like, oh, all the top all the top 10 were just like boring big cities. Exactly. Not that big cities are boring, but just like we expect these places right. to be top 10s, like Chicago, Philly, New York, yeah. you know, D.C., yeah, yeah, yeah. But we got two not big cities. There was a number the of them. Th- yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the top 10. Yeah, top 10. Yeah. So we want to shout out Hayward, California. Hey, Hayward. And Tomball, Texas. I don't even know what in the <laughs> fuck is going on in Tomball. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Queer Watch. He's like, what, what in the country fuck is Tomball? <laughs> Why is they going to be like, actually, we're a larger city this year. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, we better not be shooting off these uh, shots like that. Yeah. But thanks, y'all, for listening, no matter where you're located geographically. (laughs) So, just going to move on to, like I always say, my personal favorite segment Mm -hmm. of the show where, you know, money, you just really help us get our stuff together. You know? I try. Oh, gosh, you have a jingle! All right, here we go. She got a jingle, bitch! (laughs) Okay. 
It's time for that black feminist healing. This, that real shit, not make believe. Come on, money, please help me get my shit together. I listen to the moment when times get rough. Put all my headphones, turn it all the way up. Who's gonna give you grounding tips? There's nobody better. Oh, money, help me get my shit together. <laughs> Can't sleep at night <laughs> when you're all on my mind. Bobby Womack on the radio singing to me. If you think you're lonely now, wait, wait a, a minute. minute. This is 2D. 2D. Okay. Can I tell I you know, something? Huh? So I had like a full, so I had like that, like the first verse and no. then there was like a pre-chorus. <laughs> You know, I've been a, a huge Mariah Carey fan since I was a kid, but that is a wordy bitch. She she has like the the most extensive vocabulary yeah, I of was, anybody. I was like, I can't music. I can't be trying to sing at that that is completely and utterly <laughs> outside my Luther Vandross esque range, first and foremost. And I'm like, it's a lot of words and she was singing real fast. She, yeah. <laughs> I was like, Whoa, Mariah. You know, that is so uh fitting for this. Uh, mental moment because it's gonna be real quick. I just need to uh, air some people out and also air myself out around coping skills and like coping strategies. And I just, I just need to get some shit off my tits about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, let the girls free. <laughs> free the girls. All right, y'all. So y'all know I love a coping strategy, but we need to talk about the ways that we are coping, okay? And so this has been a running theme in my therapy sessions and also going to Pride. I noticed it. And so I just, you know, I wanted to discuss. So just as a refresher or a reminder for folks who might be like, oh, well, what are coping skills? What are coping strategies? They are conscious, intentional, and direct responses to life events that cause us problems. So it's like, again, conscious, intentional, direct responses to stuff that causes us problems. So that could be stress, that could be trauma, that could be anxiety, that could be chronic pain. Anything that we do consciously, intentionally, and directly to deal with those things. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So the reason why I wanted to emphasize that is because uh, defense mechanisms are not coping skills. Oh, wow. (laughs) All up in the Kool-Aid and got the goddamn flavor. And and this is why. It's because by definition, defense mechanisms are uh, unconscious responses to conflict or like stress. You can have a defense mechanism to anxiety, too. But the thing about defense mechanisms, like they're they're out of our like awareness. We don't okay. we don't really know that that's what we do, you know, until maybe somebody else points it out to us. It's not something that we set down and we were like, you know what? The next time I am in a conflict, I am going to completely. I'm going to bust that bitch to wipe me. <laughs> okay, that's not a. Def- okay, that is that is uh. Self-defense, that's not <laughs> okay. a defense mechanism. Well, you're the trained mental health professional, <laughs> not me. <laughs> you know, like, if, if you consciously sat down and, to- and thought about that you were going to gaslight or deflect the person that you're in conflict with, that is okay. not, that's not a defense mechanism. That's a personality disorder. But, like, <laughs> but you know, defense mechanisms are unconscious is basically what I'm saying. Okay, okay. So, to say that this is what you do to cope is not what you do to cope because... 
defense mechanisms are out of our awareness. Okay. Usually until somebody points it out. Like, you know, every time we argue, you just go silent. Okay. That, you know, that you don't, you're not aware that you, that you, that's the way that you deal with conflict. But until somebody points it out, you never consciously sat down and was like, I'm going to do this. Okay. I feel like I have a question, but I want you to, I want you to explain your points and then I'll see if you answer my question. Okay. Will you remember your question? I will. All right. And so I want to talk about, there's three different types of coping skills And the ones that we want to have are constructive coping skills, all right? There are three types, negative, neutral, and constructive. Negative, neutral, constructive. Exactly. So negative coping skills are methods of dealing with shit. Again, again, I I feel like I, I have to like reiterate it so folks don't be like thinking about communication uh, styles or defense mechanisms. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the conscious, intentional, and direct responses to things that cause you problems in life. So we can do that in negative ways, neutral ways, or constructive ways. Okay. Negative ways are methods of dealing with the stress that fail to solve the underlying issue that's causing it and also cause additional difficulties. Okay. So it's not just that you're not dealing with the the thing that's causing you stress, anxiety, pain, trauma, but it's also that the thing that you're doing to not it's deal gonna with it's going to compound the other shit. Exactly. Okay. So what are some examples of negative coping skills? Drinking, overly using drugs, so not like recreational drug use, but yeah. like using it to cope. Um, emotional eating. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I got a lot of cavities from that shit. <laughs> Now I got paid thousands of dollars in dental bills. Shopping and like spending money in yeah. excess that you don't have. And some some defense mechanisms can also. That's why I was like, I wanted to make a distinction, but some defense mechanisms can cause us like long-term relational issues. Okay. So you know? this actually gets at my question. Okay. So are you saying that there's such a thing as a negative coping skill? Yes. Because these... I guess, so, like, when I think about your examples, are these things that you think that people consciously do? Yes. Okay. Yes. I've I've heard people say that, like, I'm going to just, you know, uh, I mean, uh, cranes in the sky. I'm going to just drink it away. I'm going to just put one in the air. Sex I'm going to just do it. Exactly. Away. Exactly. Get a new dress. Pretty much. Okay. Those are, those are all coping skills, but they're not addressing... The thing that's needing, that you have to cope from in the first place. And they're also causing issues in the long run. Right. Like, if you, if every time I feel like, whew, girl, I really can't take this today. I got high. Like, what else would I be doing yeah. <laughs> if, if every moment that I felt that? If I'm, if I'm drinking way more, if I'm, if I'm starting to, to drink to cope with stress, that's a lot of drinking. I guess, it, I guess I'm... I feel like there's sometimes when I have done some things, and I feel like sometimes I'm more conscious of it than others. Sure, yeah. Okay, so that that was good. That was like my my biggest question mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. that are we always conscious when we're using negative coping skills? Hmm. I think when they're behavioral, yes. Okay. I think uh, maybe. Maybe you don't make the connection to, like, this thing, this thing felt traumatizing, this thing felt anxiety-inducing, this thing felt stressful, so I'm going to go to Target and YOLO okay. <laughs> and sw- sw- swipe okay. this card up. So that might not be your direct line of thought, but you might m- might be like, 
what's that episode um, of Parks and Rec? Treat yourself. Oh, like, okay. I deserve this. Right. Today was so fucked right, up. Right, right, right. Or it's like, oh, I'm just going to get fucked up. Exactly, okay, exactly. Okay, okay, You okay. know? And when you get in that mode, all those things you do are coping. Yeah. Because it's like, I'm stressed out. I'm having a reaction. I'm triggered. I'm doing this thing to not okay. be that way. But they are not, like, helping in the long yeah, run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So, Yeah. Does that answer your question? Because, like, shopping wouldn't be a defense mechanism because it's not unconscious. It's like you you are actively going to... You you go to shop. You, yeah, of course. Boy, of course. I de compras, right? Like, you are going. Okay. So, a, de- a defense mechanism is... Remember when I talked about, um, like, ego pr- preservation? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's like that's something that you do to protect your sense of self. Okay. So, it it's usually comes out in, like, conflict or, like, direct stress. Okay. And, Relational. And and the difference. LMFT. <laughs> oh my God. And so for the defense mechanism, you don't know, like you were saying earlier, you're not like, I am yeah. consciously doing X, Y, Z exactly. to protect for the ego preservation. Yes. In order to preserve my ego, okay, I am going okay. to, people don't do that. Okay. That's, that's, that's why they're unconscious, right? So it's right. like, it's beyond your awareness that this is what you do in conflict. But even though other people might very, very be able to see it. Yeah. Like, yes, I'm very aware of this is what you do in conflict situations. Okay. But you, you, you never like, it was never like a conscious decision to like do this thing. Okay. Right. So, oh, okay. So here's, I think, I think I'm getting at what the finer, the finer point of my question is. So you are consciously doing something, but do you know that you are consciously doing something in direct response, right? To that that no. that was the defining. Yes. Okay, that's what I was confused on. No, you so don't. It's like I've had a bad day, and like routinely, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to Target, but mm-hmm. I'm consciously choosing to go to Target, but it doesn't mean that I'm consciously aware that every time I'm um, having ex- exactly that was my question. Okay, yeah. okay. Oftentimes, that would be a connection that a therapist makes. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm back with you. I yeah. got it now. Mm-hmm. That that was okay. That was the distinction that I was having trouble yeah. getting at. Okay. Yeah. I'll figure. So out. I hope that helps. So yeah. y'all get it. The neg- negative coping skills. It's like you're choo- It's it's conscious because you're choosing to you're do choosing it. You're choosing to do it. But you don't have to consciously be aware that I'm choosing to do this because I'm triggered. Okay. I'm stressed, okay. Yeah. And yeah, I'm yeah, feeling yeah, anxiety. Yeah. All right. It's just things that you do that don't address the underlying issue. As to why you're triggered, stressed, or anxious, and, and it'll compound exactly the already it's like if issues. you if you dealt with this in the same way, like that way, for the next ninety days, would your life be better or oh, worse? Okay, 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 right, all right. Which I'm is back. um, I say that to my clients, and they look at me with the stink face, but they know I'll be right. <laughs> right, you better. Well, bitch, maybe I want to be broke. <laughs> that ain't got nothing to do with you. Oh, therapizing ass. <laughs> all right. And so now I'm going to move it on along to the neutral coping skills. So neutral coping skills are often distractions. So there are ways that like we don't feel the stress, the anxiety, the the trigger, the pain, but and and they don't they don't really cause additional harm, but they don't provide solutions to what mm. is causing that in the first place, right? So examples, watching TV, reading, Sometimes exercise, even though we have like physical benefits sometimes yeah. from exercise, but yeah, it's just like a, anything you would do to like unplug, or people say a lot. Oh, yeah, I was thinking yeah. like it feels escapist. Yeah, okay. escapist. I got exactly. It. 
So it's like when you come back from that escape, that thing it's is still, still there. there. Okay, okay. Right. Yep. Shit, this is so helpful. This is so good. I'm glad because I thought I was like, girl, my um mental moment this week no. is. Whew, I just felt like, uh, <laughs> oh, you want to play coping skills games? <laughs> Let's play coping skills games. Okay. <laughs> this is so helpful. All right, so that's neutral coping skills. All the distraction, unplug stuff. Right, okay. Now, the goal is constructive coping skills. Okay. Okay, we ready for those? Ready. So, constructive coping skills are any approaches to dealing with, like, stress, trauma, anxiety, pain that is generally, like, positive, right? Or, like, adaptive that would, if you did it for 90 days, your life would be better. Right? But they also address the thing that is causing that thing to bother you in the first place. Okay. Um, so some examples, planning, strategizing, uh, reaching out to people, community, uh, seeking help, confiding in another person so that you don't feel that isolation or being alone, journaling, reframing a situation, like all that, you know, people love CBT, you know, what all is the CBT for cognitive behavioral know. therapy. Okay. So what CBT means is like how you think about something impacts how you experience it. If you, if you can like shift or jiggle the, the way you think about it, it changes your behaviors and therefore changes your life. Okay. Right. So reframing, meditating, actually, I know some people be like, oh, that, that feels like a neutral, but it's actually not because you're like intentionally going to a place that might feel uncomfortable and like sitting with it. Okay. Right. Yeah. So they, so unlike the negative and even the neutral, they don't provide the instant easy relief from the stress. Or the, because people use coping skills for, like, trauma, too. So, they don't provide the, like, quick relief, which is a lot of times why we don't like using them. But the other ways are less effective and they're not sustainable, right? So, you're addressing the root with constructive coping skills. And that is going to change your whole life. I mean, I feel like you could flip. It's the same question that you could ask yourself about the negative for the constructive. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if I did this for 90 days, what would my life look like yep. if I did the constructive? Exactly. That is... Exactly. Wow. If I if I intentionally chose to like be in community for 90 days... Yeah. What journal. My if I journal... Right. Yeah. Because at the very least, you would have documented your life. Yeah. I was here. I lived. Beyonce. I lived. Beyonce. <laughs> Run it, run and go and get money, please. We do have a show to do. You know, hashtag poetry is not a luxury. <laughs> so, so that's the three different types of coping skills. And if you come to therapy with my therapizing black ass, we are gonna work on getting you some constructive coping skills. And and I guess I just want to be clear, like I don't snatch people's coping skills away from them, like. Nope, you can't have that that glass of wine and watch Scandal when you get home. Do people still watch Scandal? Girl, I don't know. Oh. But like I, I don't I'm not doing that, right? Like, no, that's not that's not coping. Let's let's get some constructive coping. I don't do that. <laughs> but I'm like, okay, that's where you are right now. And they serve and their purpose until they did not. Exactly. Exactly. Until they start causing additional exactly. difficulties. Exactly. Yeah. So let's say you're you know, you're doing mostly negative neutral coping mechanisms mm-hmm, right both mm-hmm. of those how would you how would you advise somebody to make because it feels like a leap to go from those 
arguable so to from those more destructive things to mm-hmm. something constructive mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it can feel really daunting so how how do we make that leap sure my first suggestion is always my suggestion you don't do it in isolation mm. you let somebody know so what i also notice about negative coping skills is that so often they are isolating yeah like you do it by yourself wow um, Sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. It just that really it, that hit me. That was okay. Woo. Yeah. So get get connected. I was kind of joking with one of my uh, clients the other day because I don't like because you you know we were talking about the news and day show um, yeah. Euphoria and I really don't like that NA and AA are so like Christ save my life yeah filled um, and so I was I was saying. I was saying, like, I actually think that it's the community as to why AA and NA has, like, such... Yes, yes, um, yes. I've heard people like, say positive. that. Like, yeah. positive. I think it's the community, yes. not the structure, right. if that makes sense. So, yeah. So, so finding people that you can confide in about stuff. And then, it, it is a risk, but open yourself up to suggestions. Okay. Like, ask people, like... What you what do you think I should do or like what okay. do you what do you do when you face this kind of stress mm, mm, you know mm. and it it'll give you other ideas and tools. about it okay yeah. all right yeah the other thing I was just gonna say is just because you need stitches and you have a band aid on right now doesn't mean you just rip the band aid off and walk around Ooh, free bleeding yeah like you 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 know it's steps you yeah. cut back you might this might be your first realization that like oh shit the way i deal with my stress isn't beneficial like okay. if i if i did maybe you have been doing it for 90 days and you like the past 3 months i still feel it so it's like start to cut back and and like i had these this questionnaire it was like if i had to replace this way that i mm. that i that i deal with stress with something else what would it be mm-hmm. is that thing constructive like, could I realistically do it? Yes. Like, yeah. do I have access to everything I need to do that thing? Oh, this is so second? good. Yeah. Damn, bitch. This is good. Thank you. You know, I just be trying to do therapy and then my clients don't show up or. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got this whole community here. This is so good. Yeah. And even the idea of like cutting back on the negative. Like yeah. that didn't even occur to me. You know, I'm already, um, I'm always like a zero to 100 person but this is yeah. like it just i it's love 75 yes <laughs> this is so helpful this is so good if y'all have suggestions for constructive coping skills can you hashtag it at queer walk um or if you have negative ones that you realized were negative through this segment or even neutrals yeah tell me let me know hashtag queer woc And now, our bi-weekly word from our wonderful womanist worker, wordsmith, wizard, Nikita Alizé. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why that just tickles me, but I really appreciate doing it. I don't know why. Um, Because I'm stuck in the early 2000s. And because you're a southern bird. Well, that's true. Tweet, tweet. (laughs) All right. So, I know that we are out of Pride Month, but when I was talking to Money about this, she was like, bitch, what you mean? We celebrate Pride 365. We gay every day. (laughs) I need that. That's probably going to be the new shirt. (laughs) (laughs) There is another little piece of 
radical anti-police brutality little tidbit that I wanted to share. I can't wait to hear about this. Uh, with the queer rock community. So I don't remember how I even found out about this. I think I found out about it about a month ago or so. So in 1966, there was a riot that predates, you know, three years before Stonewall. Stonewall. Mm -hmm. And so this was the Compton's Cafeteria Riot. So there was a, there was a restaurant in San Francisco in 1966, it was called Gene Compton's Cafeteria. And so it was one of the few 24-hour restaurants mm. in the area in San Francisco. So it was a place that a lot of trans women who were sex workers and gay men who were sex workers mm-hmm. um, and drag queens would, they would, you know, be here, be in community. And it was one of the few places you know, that they could go, like, late at night, you know, mm-hmm. to get their hustle on, right? Okay. So, it's very, it's so funny because it's very um, similar to Stonewall. So, what happens was, again, people had just been tired of being harassed and abused and mistreated by the San Francisco Police Department. Mm-hmm. So, one night, you know, motherfuckers had just had it. And so there was an incident where one of the, so there was, um, I think it was a drag queen that was in the establishment. And I think that they were about to get arrested. And then this, uh, this drag queen chucked a cup of hot coffee in a police officer's face. What? Yes. <laughs> yes. And so basically once the coffee cup flew, all hell broke loose. <laughs> right? <laughs> And so there is, uh, it's a white trans woman, but there's Mm -hmm. a white trans woman historian named Susan Stryker. So she actually created a documentary about it. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things, because given the the hysteria and the eruption that happened after the coffee cup was thrown, it's like (laughs) trans women, drag queens, and gay men. So they were called the Screaming Queens. (laughs) So that's, that's the name of the documentary. Right, and so they were again just very similar. It, it reminds me of it's, like Stormy. It's yeah, like, are y'all gonna, gonna do, do something? So, yeah. And these queens did, did something. something, right? And so she uh, oh, dumped it, wow. dumped it in his face. It was just so similar. And yeah, both, yeah. And so all kinds of shit was flying in the restaurant. Again, this is like a precursor to Marsha. Yes. <laughs> so there's chairs, dishes, all kinds of shit was just uh, flowing. You know, being strewn about, right? Strewn, Nikita. Yeah, they were they were tossing <laughs> shit, and so then what happened? They started to after this uh, melee happened. Then they started. So it was like uh, the queer folks that w- established that went to that establishment and other people in the community. They were uh, go out and they they were picket. They would picket. You know, the restaurant mm-hmm. uh, because they were like, we y'all know that we be coming here. Yeah. So why y'all not? Let- we're patrons. Mm-hmm. So why are y'all not going to come up here and why are y'all going to let this shit happen to us? So yeah, they organized pickets and protests against, you know, again, the restaurant and the police. What? And so according to Susan Stryker, this is one of the first actions led by trans women, gay men, and drag queens against police brutality in the U.S. I'm like so blown away right now because it's like they it wasn't just the fight right like the fight against the police and throwing a, co- a coffee but it's like it's immediately the after up. it's the yeah and it's the organizing that happened after right like you you know that we come here and you're not going to protect us so so first of all fuck your establishment and then also 
resisting the police violence. Exactly. What? And, again, you know, this history of trans women of color. So there's two there's two women in particular who I especially uh, want to highlight. So uh, there is a Latina trans woman, and her name is Felicia Flames Elizondo. And Come on, so, Felicia Flames? Uh, okay. <laughs> Just, just hot. <laughs> and so Felicia says that, like, at this time, LGBT people were thrown out of hotels, being stabbed. They were having their breasts cut off. Their genitalia what? was being mutilated. And so she says something that are so right, right? She's like, we were something that could be thrown away in a trash can, right? Oh so gosh. that that really sets yeah, the mood, yeah. right? I mean, it's sadly like that. I mean, that kind of feels apt for now as well. But um, she went on to say that the riot happened because we were tired of being arrested for nothing, arrested for being who we wanted to be, thrown in jail for obstructing the sidewalk, thrown in jail for dressing like a woman, because in those days that that was illegal. Mm -hmm. Anything they could think of to make their quota or just to make our lives a living hell, they would do, they being the police. You know what I mean? And so, I mean, I get that's so I feel like along with Sylvia Rivera, along mm-hmm. with, you know, Marsha P. Johnson, mm-hmm. you know, we also need to um, keep the name of Felicia Flames Elizondo. And as mm-hmm. far as I'm aware, I think Felicia is still alive. Yeah, so she's still alive. Oh, my gosh. And then there was another um, trans woman of color, Tammy Ching. So Tammy Ching says... That she wasn't there that night, Mm -hmm. but, like, she had, it was a place that she frequented and, like, people around her, people that she knew Mm -hmm. um, frequented. So, I think I read somewhere where she said that she wasn't there the night when the shit erupted, but I think she did go to, like, the pickets and the actions Mm -hmm. after. And I think when I looked her up, I looked her up about a month ago, and, like, she was also doing a really, a lot of really important work around decriminalization of sex work. And so yes. not just mm-hmm. like playing, you know, being active yeah. in that moment, but still mm-hmm. doing doing work um, today. So wow. I just thought that that was a really interesting uh, little piece of radical anti-police, you Girl, know. I, I'm even thinking, well, yeah, I'm just thinking so much and like how, so, like, this apology that the NYPD gives for Stonewall is, like, bullshit, right? Because it was, it was, it's a whole system of policing that, that is anti-trans, anti-queer. Yeah. Right? And continues to be, even, mm-hmm. even, even though they might not be locking folks up for, like, dressing a certain way now. Right. They, well, kind of. <laughs> like, all they got to do is just, like, look and, and assume you're a sex worker. But it also makes me think of this picket sign that I saw. And it was like, sex work is work, police work is murder. Yeah. And, and like, that's just it there right it there. Is. And we, t- you know, all the things this is making me think of. Like, we talk so much about, like, intersectionality and, like, all of these struggles being connected. But these, these are two monumental fights against police violence. By, like, trans folks and trans folks of color. And and I and, feel like the sex worker part. Yes. I, I think we have to do... I think people are doing it increasingly, but I just don't ever think that we can forget that that is, like, a key and a core part of our mm-hmm. history. Um, by our, I mean, like, queer um, and trans history that I think, you know, that I think it gets swept under the rug because people have all... There's such a stigma around it. Respectability shit. Right. But yeah. increasingly, you know, I think with, all of, with a lot of the sex worker organizing, yeah. uh, of which trans women, you know, are active and like, mm-hmm, playing a mm-hmm. really meaningful role. I feel like 
I think that it just also made me think about that, how we... Because I remember when we talked about the Gay Liberation Front and how Marsha and Sylvia hustled from sex work to get yeah. the house to be able to, ho- yep. to house yep. homeless queer mm-hmm. youth, you mm-hmm. know? So mm-hmm. it's like, got to get back to those anti-police roots and, you know, uplifting and supporting yeah. sex workers and uh, trans women of color. Yeah. I mean, the same thing I thought about Pride in the City is just like how just 50 short li- years later, like folks still alive from that time. It's like how... Do you now have like San Francisco PD with like rainbow exactly. police cars and shit? Exactly. When like this was the case, you know? Right. Yeah. But there was a group that came out of that was um, the Vanguard Street Action, and that was a group that formed of young queer people right after the Compton's mm-hmm. um, riot. So I think, uh, regardless of what happened with the restaurant, it feels important that people still felt Organized. compelled mm-hmm. to be like, we still got to continue to yep. do some shit yeah. about how we're being treated uh, right here in the city. Well, shout out to the Compton Rioters. Yeah. And our four people <laughs> of the movement. Yeah. And also that their 50th anniversary then was like three years ago. Uh, yeah, exactly. Because this was three years before Stonewall. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I already have, you know, Sylvia up on my wall, so I'm probably have to get some artwork done of Flames. Uh, Felicia and Tammy, that's <laughs> <Yes>. right. <laughs> that was good, Nikita. You ready for the topic, Nikita? No, I'm not. You tired? I'm tired just thinking about it. <laughs> I just felt a twinge of pain just shock right through my knees. Okay, so we had an amazing 50th anniversary of the Stonewall. We did. Y'all. We did. It was great. And um, we we I think we made it to sixty percent of the events that we intended. Yeah. To I don't know who I thought I was. <laughs> I don't know who I thought New York traffic was. Oh my god! I totally yeah. forgot that it takes two and a half hours to get everywhere right. in the city. So it's like you can't leave one event and then like go just like you know tip on through right like we do up here. So you gotta um, drag your ass through the goddamn hot ass subway <laughs> to get anywhere. <laughs> But it was an amazing, amazing, well, it was like almost a week for me. It was like five days Yeah. in the city. You know, I, my my Airbnb that I was staying in was actually right around the corner from the house that my mom grew up in. Oh, that is so wild. Yeah, I know. Uh, and so I took a picture of it and sent it to her because it was also her birthday when oh, we were right. coming back. It was both of our mama's birthdays. Yeah. Oddly enough, our mamas have the same birthday. I know. Birthday. Our moms have the same birthday. Um. So, yeah, it was both of our mama's birthday. And so there was like that that personal history for me because every time I go back to the city, it feels like that. It's like wow, I, c- I have these moments of like I can't believe I grew up here because it yeah. feels so distant. Yeah. And then also like the living history of the moment that was Pride twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we went to the Marsha's Plate live show. Yeah, that was I, fantastic. You know, I it, I had totally forgot that that's their first live show. That is so weird to think about. Yeah, because I just always think about them constantly doing stuff. Yeah, same, like, wow. same. Yeah, huh? Yeah, it, it was, was so it was good. Great. It was, it was yeah. so it was so good. It was yeah. so sharp. Yes, they're amazing. I finally got to meet Mia. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> that was that was like one of my top three moments. Yeah, definitely. So definitely, yeah, yeah. Oh, what are your other top moments? 
I mean, why even say it anymore? It's, I mean, these fucking joy parties. <laughs> yes. I don't know if Brooklyn boyhood. I don't know if they're putting ecstasy in the air. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what kind of drugs they have. There was no drugs. There were no drugs, y'all. I, we I just, just need to say that on record. There I just no feel drugs. like I just it's have to. vibe. I just have to keep coming back. I'm yeah. addicted to whatever vibe they have going yeah. on there. I'm go- I will try my hardest and damnedest to be at every joy party. Yeah. That they have. I feel like they could be like, oh, you know, this year we're going to have a joy party on Neptune. I'm like, well, get the rocket, bitch. Cause I... <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I, for those of y'all who follow us on Instagram, you might have saw, like, they played Luther Vandross. Yep. Just for Nikita. And, yeah. and Nikita lost it. It was for the people. <laughs> you know what? After the last party, I was like, I'm just not. I refuse to stand in the corner and clutch the messenger bag. Aww. And, you know, I, you know, it's like these knees can't bust it wide open. That's not what they're made for. And that's okay. But I can get a little two-step in. Yes, you know, yeah. I could do a mean auntie shoulder shimmy. You can. I can hit that. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I, don't I have saw to DJ ask you, but what be in the message of that? None of your damn business. What really? What Everything you, I need. What do you be carrying in that bag? Nikita? My business, not yours. <laughs> That's what I have in my bag. Okay. Oh my god! So I was so lit. I had like I had a few drinks, and there's a moment that I've a never. Few? It was yeah. It wasn't a. It was a few. I'm not a lush. I don't have a problem. I was just a fun two stepping auntie. That yes. that was my vibe for hours. So, but this one really embarrassing moment happened, and I'm just never gonna forget it for the rest of my life. So these two people, uh, they were like they were joking with me and laughing because I was dancing, and I was so lit that I. I know in my brain what I was trying to say to them. And I was so lit that I, this is so embarrassing. I just, I literally just said gibberish to them. I was trying to say, oh, you know, I'm trying to hit, you know, all I can do is hit this auntie's shoulder shimmy. And then I just said, it was, it was, I hope I never have to encounter those two people ever again. And I, and I kept repeating myself, and I just kept repeating more gibberish. You sound like, you sound like Shiloh. It, it was so, it was, I could not believe. I woke up the next morning and mortified. And I was just like, I was like, oh my God. It was so bad. Maybe I could have said no to that third drink. Um... So the joy party minus my uh, speaking in tongues that was that was good, and boy, there's so many. I don't even know. I'm gonna cheat. I don't want to use. I mean, I think L. Hearns was at the top, but we mm-hmm. already talked about that. It, I think it was so exciting to hear Diedrich talk yes. about his work. Yeah, it was. It's like I've been knowing him for a long time. Uh, so Diedrich Deeds Weaves mm-hmm. on Instagram, and it's just like. The way that he talked about these really big and beautiful weavings, yes, you know yeah. that he that that he does. So it's not just you know about their aesthetic value, although on first sight they are completely and utterly stunning. 
but just like how he talked about like his work practice yes, yeah. and the things that like inform his work, yeah. you know? And so like he was saying some interesting things that I didn't even know about weaving. Like, um, like he was saying like in certain places in, I don't know if he said like West Africa or in the continent, uh, broadly, I'm sure it's like in specific locales, but it's like men are the main ones mm-hmm. like who do, um, weaving. And so, and so, but he was also so talking about like the gender, like dynamics and how they're like, um, like how he thinks about that and like his approach, mm-hmm. um, to his work. And then, um, somebody asked him a question cause there was like a lot of animals. Like yeah, in yeah, his yeah. Work. Yes. And so that answer, bitch. And so somebody was like, oh. still gag. <laughs> so somebody was like, as like a black person, it's like, you know, I find like you're in the way that you include animals in the work is like a little bit jarring. Uh-huh. And he was like, um, he's like, I get that. And he's like, but like black people like have an interesting and like complicated relationship to animals. So on the one hand, he's like, I include them to talk about how we, he didn't use this language, but this, I think it fits. You're just putting on my marks. I was like, how black people have been dispossessed yeah, of yeah. land. And then it's like, so it's like, trying to like harken back to how we how it's important for us to like reestablish like that relationship mm-hmm. to nature and then also talking about how you know in the civil rights movement you have german shepherds yeah sicked on you yeah. you know what i'm saying so yeah. he's like i'm he's like, i'm just trying to so he's like i think a lot about and he's like you know i'm from the south that's yeah that's you know what i'm yeah. saying and so mm-hmm. and i just and so i've been knowing this person my whole life and we have very similar life you know experiences but i'm just like i don't think i've like i just hadn't thought about it mm-hmm. you know in that mm-hmm. way and so um, it was just so, it was just so great. It was just so beautiful, so wonderful. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm so glad that he shared his talents and his labor with us. Yeah. And I feel amazing. like you, I just like, I, I feel like I would appreciate art more cause I'm not like an art appreciation right, 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 yeah. kind of bitch. Like it's, there's sometimes I see something, I'm like, what in the, <laughs> what in the abstract fuck is going, is going on here? You know what I'm saying? But when people actually like, like explain yes. like, yeah, you know, the the process behind or why they're doing mm-hmm, what they're doing, mm-hmm. the decisions that they're making. I feel like it helps me get a better sense and appreciation and understanding um, for their work in particular, for like art more broadly. So I really yep. appreciated that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. What were your favorite parts? Oh my gosh, I feel like you stole them. Um, okay, so these are in no particular order. But I walked along, like, the Jersey side of the Hudson, Mm -hmm. like, on the other side of the Statue of Liberty. (laughs) It's so funny, but I've always been like, I wonder what that land over there is. Wow. (laughs) It's New Jersey, bitch. (laughs) But I walked along there um, with the homie, and... Like, learned a lot of, like, history about that area Mm -hmm. and, like, watched the city light up from that side. Yeah. And that was just so amazing to me. I don't know. It was just, like, it felt felt like a metaphor for, like, my whole experience of having grown up in New York and then, like, moved to the South. It's just, like, Mm. this is, like, such a familiar space, but so not. Yeah. You know? It's, like, I used to go to Statue of Liberty all the time. All the time. Like, was sick of it, you know? And it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, I went from that to not even, like, being able to, like, recognize these places, you know? Or be Mm. like, oh, what's that over there? Oh, is that the ferry? You know? And so just having that experience as an adult. And then it was also real cute 
you know, like walking along the water and stuff and seeing kids and like couples out there. It was just amazing. It was like a really good experience and like watching the city light up from the other side. So <laughs> my, so because you did Joy, we already gave Joy its, its praises. I'm going to do the world party, the world pride party oh, that right. Brooklyn Boyhood had. Yeah, I didn't go to that shit because it started at 11. Which is <laughs> it started at 11. No, ma'am. No, so, ma'am. So, you know, we thinking, oh, we get there around 12, 31 o'clock. It'll be busting by then. It'll be cute, cute, cute. Girl, it was people still standing in line from 11. Oh, my God. So, uh, apparently, like, the fire department was telling them they were at capacity. And I just love Ryan, because Ryan has such a, like, a big heart, and you could tell that, like, Ryan does things with community in mind. I think that's why, like, that's why the events have the vibe that they do. And Nappy Nina, too. Like, they were both out there, like, being really, you know, like, we're sorry, y'all. Like, you know, it's, it's just totally different than... Like a straight a straight club that'll be like ah, get out yeah pretty much you snooze you lose get out like no refunds all right. that you know they were like we'll honor your ticket if you come to Joy tomorrow because the event the venue is bigger blah 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 you know so it was amazing but anyway I ended up getting in because <laughs> hashtag mixy ass bitch talking to each other because we are community and with one absolutely. another you know and so yes. it's like yes yeah, some of us have different like privileges and accesses to spaces mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, stuff mm-hmm. or like name recognition or face recognition but at the end of the day we all some queers black queers queers of color yeah and we just want to shake our ass We're trying to have a good time <laughs> trying to have yeah. a good time and like the, the what spoke to me so much is like we were doing that in line right, you know just right. chit chat and chopping it up and like waiting not, not even knowing if we could get into right. it right but that just spoke to like how the vibe and the intentional it, exactly. way that they have gone exactly. to create community absolutely exactly and how necessary of a space it uh, is yeah yeah so you know i was i was very in my feelings standing in line like <laughs> like trying to hold back tears like this shit is beautiful you know like <laughs> everybody's like it's okay we love y'all um it just felt great and also my outfit was cute as fuck <laughs> I saw your outfit photos on the gram the next day. They yeah, yeah they were nice. I told you I wanted to do like lingerie for yeah. outdoor. Yeah, you did it. yeah. So yeah, <laughs> I might have to throw that lingerie back on and take some pictures because yeah, that outfit was too cute. Um, so that's my number two, and then I'm gonna cheat too because my number three is just seeing all of my like siblings that I haven't seen in so long. I I just love y'all so much and like getting to see y'all. So being in Washington Square Park and bumping into uh, Fran and Bravo, that felt so good. And then like seeing Raul at Joy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It just felt like a fusion reunion. (laughs) I'm also, I'm going to cheat. I didn't say this, but I had, I had been um, thinking about it and you just reminded me. I feel like we ran into like a number of listeners over the weekend. Oh, shoot. And that was wonderful. Yeah. And it's like, you know, we too soft of the earth ass bitches. So yeah. like we never gonna be Hollywood. So we always it's all I love when people come up to us and you know, it's all if you ever see yeah. us out and about at some kind of event, don't Please. ever be afraid to come up and say hey to us. Yeah, yeah. Cause we it, it really warms our heart and it really, it really warms does. our soul to mm-hmm. see y'all. So mm-hmm. we appreciate that so much. And cause we want to be in community with y'all. Yeah. Like um and so it just yeah, it really does we you know, I felt 
so like, oh my God, actually, yes, I do have a podcast. <laughs> when people was like, your voice sounds so familiar. Yeah. <laughs> you may have heard. Well, you see who's going to get a big head when, you know, the podcast is already That's growing. not true. Yes, it is. I'm not going to get a big She's head. She's going to be like, um, actually, can you just talk to my assistant? That is not please? true. I'm, I just, I just be feeling so seen. Like, oh my God. You yeah, I appreciate guess. that too. Yeah. Meanwhile, Nikita, you can't compliment her. You really can't. It'll, <laughs> it'll, I actually turn into a petty little dictator. <laughs> so don't 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 give me too don't don't give me too many compliments. Yeah, she's right on that. You can't tell her. Okay, I see your outfit's cute. Okay, bow tie. You can't do that you really too can't. much with Nikita. You can't. Or I'll just get tipsy and speak to you in gibberish. I mean, <laughs> who, who knows where those chips may fall? Okay, okay. <laughs> Yeah, have, we have so many pictures to post. Yeah, we really um, do. Yeah, it was great. Right. Anyway. Anyway. Okay, so uh, before we move on from the topic segment, I wanted to uh, play this game. Okay. Are you ready? It's not, it's not a game. <laughs> it's not a game. I'm just curious what you what your answers are. Okay. It's just a fun little thing. What is it? Not a big deal. What is it? I want to hear your men's crushes. My men's crushes. Your men's crushes. Okay, so I want to tell y'all why I wanted oh to do this. Oh my gosh! Because me and Nikita were just please don't tell this story. Walking, uh, walking our way through the hood, looking good, wish a nigga would try me. Um, down the street in Manhattan, and we see this uh bulletin board. A billboard. This is like a billboard. It's huge. And uh, <laughs> I was like. Oh, snap. Okay, LeBron. Because he had this, like, big whole billboard, right? And Nikita's like, yeah, it's really amazing how supportive of his queer son he is. Okay. And I'm like, that is Dwayne Wade. No, you're not being honest. You're not being honest. I said I was about to say that, that I I realized that's the wrong basketball player. No, no, Nikita. I caught myself. Was, you could tell in your face that I you were like, myself. yeah, LeBron, the one who's married to Gabrielle Union. No. I caught myself. I caught myself, damn it. And it's not, just for the record, it's not because I think that they look the same. I just, it just, I hear the names and I'm like, okay, which it's one like, is that? Same, same person. <laughs> you just lob them all together. Basketball. Okay. Yeah, basically. Okay, so then, so, you know, it made me think, because I really love LeBron, like, not just because he's the greatest of all time, period, um, but because he's also just an amazing person. I just think about, like, all of the, everything, like, all the attacks that him and Savannah have, like, taken since, like, he's joined the league. A lot of them, like, uh, racist <laughs> and Absolutely. colorist, because he's, like, dark-skinned. You know, it's, like, all these things, and I just, he just takes it with such, like, grace he always speaks up for black folks. He's always on the right side of shit. And I just, you know, I love LeBron. So LeBron is one of my men's crushes. He can, <laughs> he can get the cookies. Oh LeBron can get the cookies. Okay. So, yeah, so that just had me curious about okay. who are your men's crushes. All right. So I had to brainstorm. I, had to, I It actually, I feel like once I thought of one, I was like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> so I feel like my first, if this is in no particular order. Okay. I, I'm just um I'm I'm a bitch who likes to enumerate. Mm -hmm. I think my first one is Mahershala. Really? Yeah. Not only is he like real, he's real fun, but it's like I've also been seeing these pictures of him. He just seems like really fashionable. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah. Mahershala is a fashion zaddy. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I like that. It's kind of tough for me because I'm like, mm. do I want to like, do I think these men are fun or do I just want to be them? Want their fashion sense? Oh. Yeah. 
Oh, never mind. <laughs> Scratch that. Because <laughs> we will delve into that. I, yeah, because I'm like, if we uh, we won't go there, we'll just talk about uh, like who, who you know who could mm, smack on these cakes. Oh, my um, because. I, t- I actually uh, talked to Bravo about this. Like, when, when I was younger, I had what I thought were crushes on guys, but then I realized, like, actually, I just wanted to be them. Mm-hmm. Like, if I could just move move through high school the way they did. Did you actually <laughs> want to be them, or did you want to or did you want to be received like them by women? Come through, yes. Okay. Come, come through specificity, yes. Come through uh, queer... Queer specificity, <laughs> yes. I so yeah. So it was it was, I yeah. I didn't want to be them, but like the way girls would respond yeah, to them, yeah. it's like I want that. Yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. And yeah, even even recent, like in my adult life, like I feel that way about Michael, Michael B. Jordan. Jordan. I know. If I, know. I could be that nigga, okay. What? People. Oh hell, King Killmonger. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, so Mahershala. Yeah, and okay. I don't know. I just have any man that would be in that amazing movie Moonlight. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They all are really swaggy and fashionable. Yeah, I couldn't. Yeah. So I couldn't, I can't remember. What's the? Trevante Rhodes. His fine ass. And then, oh God, I can't remember the other guy's name. The, Andre Holland. I think, yeah. I think that they're both super cute. But I, I, also, I didn't put them on my list, though. What I like about, um... Andre Holland is like he does this scruffy chic. Oh my god! You know, I yes, really like that. Yes, yeah. that's cute. That's cute. I'm gonna mm-hmm. put him on my list. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't on my list. Okay. Um. So you want to hear my next one? Yeah. Who's your Nikita next one? thinks she knows my list. Oh, go ahead. Um. So the next person on my list is Frank Ocean. Oh God, I'm so bored. <laughs> what? You remember how? I... I can't. Okay. The... All right. We're not gonna do this. Okay. I love Frank. He's just so cute. He's and super he, cute. He like experiments with his look, which is you know mm-hmm. I do as well. Okay. He's also you know a Scorpio, and I feel like I just have like this thing for Scorpios, Scorpio risings, people in Scorpio, because my Venus is in Scorpio, and so there's that. No, no, no. All that. Yeah, of course, of course. I think you know, he's he's actually a solid pick. I'm just the, I'm just being the glitter pants he had on his thirtieth yeah. birthday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't want him to sing me nothing, but that's okay. Who's next? So name? that's a long name. Who is that? Oh. So there is he's not he's not a name. It's not a name. It's just pure looks. There's this Indian actor or Southeast Asian actor. His name is Sindeel Ramamurthy. Mm-hmm. He's just so fine for no reason. Oh, he's pretty. Yeah. He's he's a really good looking dude. Wow. So he's a babe. I don't, I don't, so I hate USA shows, but I think he was on some USA show <laughs> that I hate. And I was like, let me turn this shit. And then I was like, ooh, <laughs> you know, who is that? Who is that? So, yeah, I, I like him with the facial hair. I don't know how I came looks, across him. He looks like an alive doll. Yeah. Like, he looks sculpted. So, he's, he's just cute to me. Wow. Cute, it doesn't He's do fine. It. Y'all need to go he's Google gorgeous. Sandil Ramamurthy. Yeah. Whoa! Oh, so I guess he was in the show Heroes. People might know that. Oh, okay. I don't know it. I don't know. I've yeah. never heard of it. I just I came across him years ago on Total Accident. Wow. Yeah. Impressive. I'd like to come across him again if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was lewd. That was so. Too I'm about to to uh, take us on a sharp turn. Okay. From Cindil. Okay. To Joaquin Malfers, also known as Waka 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 Waka. 
you know what? Waka Flocka! Waka Flocka is a big fine man. Yes! Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You know, I think Waka Flocka is underrated. Yeah. You women who, who are attracted to men and who date men, y'all better start giving Waka his yeah. thing. Oh, let do it. This, first of all, he big. He's he yeah. fine. He's, he, yeah. <laughs> he is like real big and he fine. He has locks and yes. you already know I have yes. a lock fetish. Yeah. My name is Nikita and I solidly approve this He's message. He's from Queens, so he has like the New York stuff, but he also has that country the accent. Southern, oh yeah. my god. Yeah. I'm okay. I did not see Waka Flocka coming. <laughs> but I I'm see, along for the ride. I ain't see him coming either, but I would like to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah, Waka Yeah, Flocka. that okay. I feel like we're done. I, I don't think we need to say nothing else. I like trains. Okay. <laughs> Oh, this is this turned so X-rated. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. this is this has been a long. I've had a I don't know about a crush, but I've just been like infatuated with this dude for a long time. He's just mm-hmm. Maxwell. You talking about um, the singer? This woman's work. He's pretty. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He just does it for me. I think he's got like a queer thing going on. Hmm. And I, I just don't remember, see that one, friend. But I don't know. He's just. I'll let you rock. I just feel like he, you know he's soft. He's gentle. Okay. 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 And okay. I and I feel like I'm a real Maxwell fan because it's like I can take him with the hair without. I my the next person on my list is Jamie Hector. He's an actor. He played Marlo Stanfield on The Wire. Oh my god! I just tried to start watching that the other day. Oh my gosh! She's googling him to see what he looks like. Oh, he's adorable. He's so adorable. And I don't know if it's like... The character? If, if it's the character or if it's like him. I've watched interviews of him. Um, Yeah, he's just cute. He's just cute. He just... <laughs> this is so fucked up because his character was so damn dangerous. But he just makes me feel safe. Oh, oh wow. Okay. <laughs> well, this is, this is the charge I needed to finally watch The Wire. You should watch. Okay. Yeah. You yeah. got somebody else? All right. I know this one's going to be a little off the wall. Okay. But I'm just saying. If you ever see a picture of young W.E.B. Du Bois. <laughs> Nikita. I'm just saying. You did not put W.E.B. Du Bois. If you look at with a his, young. The fist, the Fisk alum with the melodious voice. You put him on your list. I'm just saying. Nikita. Okay. And listen, 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 listen. I'm just saying, I remember, I don't know, this one time I was on social media, I was, you know, mindlessly scrolling the way that we all do, and I was like, who's this young buck? And it was W.E.B. Du Bois. It was a young W.E.B. Du Bois. Nikita! And so, you know, no disrespect to Shirley Graham Du Bois, Lord rest her soul too. I'm just saying. And you know, everybody remember him for talented, you know, the talented 10th and all that with nonsense. But he was he's also like a revolutionary dude. I would love to talk to him. So I could you know, I could sit on his face and ask him about how he wrote Black Reconstruction. Um, I don't think he would be able to answer you at the same time, but you know, whatever. You know. <laughs> he would he would have worn I knocked the millennium off that pussy. <laughs> you know, he'd be wearing his nice like thirties. <laughs> Nikita. No, Nikita You okay. not so No. So the next person <laughs> I don't know who I want to do next because you just done throw me off. Um, the next person on my list is Andre Three Thousand. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Three stacks. 
Okay, we're officially not going to do any more after that one. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, that's mutual. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, we stacks. Yeah, we could we could just do like a Queer Rock sandwich of Andre 3000. Oh my, yes. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. So cute. I'm so mad I didn't think of that. And, and, you know, every time I see him, I just think about how the moment I discovered Outkast, I was late. I grew up in Queens. The, don't hate me for it, but it was Hey Ya. That's how I discovered Outkast. Yeah. And him, oh, that's late. him swinging that damn hair. Yeah. I was like, who is this pretty little now? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. then, and then I went back to like Aquimini. I think it was the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then on the, re- the remix of Throw Some D's on it. Oh, and they don't care okay. who they shoot, but we do, do care who they shoot. So, so we, we do what we, we must do. do. So we act like we run track. Oh my god! So I have I was already suddenly okay. So I for some reason I don't know why, but throw some D's. Just I just love that song. So yeah. Much. I stumbled upon the remix by accident, and Ain't I was a like, hood, nigga, but, but a, a nigga, nigga from, from the hood. hood. I mean, <laughs> on that alone, I mean, just get yeah. the drums. Yeah, just here you can have them. That so. is a good one, Andre. So as a kid. Or as like a teen, I guess. I was re- I loved girlfriends. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to throw... I had this thing for Saul Williams as a young person. Oh, Saul Williams. You know the poet? He was Lynn's mm-hmm. boyfriend. And he was like, you know, an earthy. Mm-hmm. I was really into that okay. at that time. I so just see it. for nostalgia's sake. With, with that blazer right there, yeah. I could definitely see it. Yeah. Yeah. I just... And okay. I mean, not not to get all sentimental or whatever, but I feel like so. I think it was when I was like eighteen, or when I first got introduced to like black feminism in a much more explicit and yeah, concrete yeah. way. Mm-hmm. But I feel like for the like years prior to that, I feel like I was like always grasping towards it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I same. feel like he's just like one of these um, dudes who. Like, I remember when I was like, that was an interesting casting choice as a young person mm-hmm. to just to see, you know, this, like, dark-skinned dude with, like, nappy hair. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, even though, obviously, like, it's a man, kind of like how you're like, oh, I wanted to be these dudes. And I'm yeah. like, oh, like, there's, like, there's a, there's a space in the world for, like, dark-skinned, to, to, yeah. dark nappy, nappy-headed, like, earthy kind of offbeat yes, folks, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and to be desired. Right, right? and to yeah. just see that reflected yeah, on TV, because yeah. obviously there are, like, mm-hmm. dark-skinned, uh, nappy-headed folks in my life who I'm right, like, right. you know, but just seeing mm-hmm. that. On TV. And I was like... And on such an incredible show like Girlfriends. Girlfriends, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, my list ends the way it started with a basketball player. Okay. Gerald Green. No, don't know. You know, I don't even... Oh, I've, my gosh. I've Nikita. never even heard of the... Is that J or G? G... E R A L D G R E E N Junior, if we're being specific. Oh, who? He's cute. Exactly. Okay. Don't he look like if Brittany Griner was a dude? <laughs> Maybe. They, they're very you have such a type. And yeah, they're both from Texas. I, I, I mean, okay. So aside from that, this is so. This is. I had to put him on my list for nostalgia reasons too, because he used to be my profile picture. Um, when I first got a Facebook, he was my profile picture and I had him like all over my binder and everything. I was obsessed with him cause he, he was like kind of like an unremarkable player, but I still think like a slam dunk champ. Okay. Right. Okay. And so I, I was always screaming about how he didn't get his fair dues for his dunks. And, and you his, love an underdog. I do. I do. It's just something about it, you know? And so like, and he used to make these 
like full court shots that like nobody else would like these impossible shots, right? And so he he gets drafted first round, then he gets knocked down to D League, then he comes back, demolishes the slam dunk competition. <laughs> Why do you sound like a sportscaster right now? <laughs> devastating loss to Blake Griffin who like fuck him nobody could do the dunks that Gerald Green did in that competition I think he should have taken it I think he should have taken it okay but anyway he is super cute other than that he he just has this baby face he's big and fine yeah and he's got big teeth I love big teeth I like big teeth too it's like a thing I I think because I have big teeth my family has big teeth but what I also love about Gerald is that he has he is as enthusiastic about hair as I am. Okay. <laughs> so y'all can trade tips. Yes. He he needs his braids fresh. He's always talking about like this design, that design. Oh, he don't start a game without a fresh braids. You know, like Okay. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Gerald Green. You know? I see Mr. Rockets number 14. Oh I, my- <laughs> I sound like a pro. I know. She Googled him. <laughs> I, I had to. <laughs> So my last one to taking it back to the old school. Okay, here I need to say this. Young who? Nikita. I completely. This is the most counter revolutionary thing I feel like I will say. On you have counter revolutionary loins. It's fine. No, not all the time. Anyway, so it's counter revolutionary. I completely and utterly he's detest. problematic. I com- yes. So a terrible person. I do not agree with his idea of socialism. I think that he, I think he did a lot of cruel and terrible things. But socialism. Yeah. This person has has a look at a young Joseph Stalin. Nikita, look, look at him. Look how dashing he is. Look, look at this picture of him. So I hope you all enjoy. Martinique, this. look at him. My best friend just pulled up a picture. He, look at his dashing of hair, that beautiful Stalin from eighteen ninety four. He looks so good though. Nikita, I'm done with you. Look how cute he is. He's the like, door, Nikita. He's a handsome Get guy. Get out. Did terrible things. Get out. Okay. Look at him. Look. When you look up the terms young Stalin, the key search words that come up are handsome. But, I mean, look at him. He's He's got a scruffy, Nikita, revolutionary look to him. I am not getting Regardless you. of the counter-revolutionary, jailing people in gulags, things that he did do later in life. I'm not giving you any... It's styling, Nikita. Young, okay. This was anyway. Pre, this was like pre gulag style. I think my list was better than yours. I think my list. I think mine is okay. It's, my young styling is tongue in cheek, but I think I had a good list. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. And so now we're gonna move it on into our last segment. Curved Chronicles. Curved, 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 curved. Which is a segment where we discuss the dating woes and wins of being queer walks or queer pox. Fat tails. Woo. (laughs) Okay. Um, And we actually got a letter from Rosette. We call her Rosette. We're going to call her Rosette. Rosette Vernadine Williams. So you want to read the letter, Nikita? (laughs) All right. So Rosette says... What's up, y'all? Before I start this Curve Chronicle, I just want to say that I love you ladies, and I love this podcast. Your dynamic and chemistry is amazing. I always look forward to the next episode. As a 28-year-old bisexual trying to navigate not only dating in general, but same-sex dating, this podcast has provided me with the opportunity to be exposed to conversations I would not be engaged in otherwise and has allowed me to feel more comfortable in my identity. 
I appreciate you both. Keep up the good work. Oh, thank, thank you, Rosette. Rosette. <laughs> okay, so on to Rosette's Curved Chronicle. Curved, curved, curved. So I experienced my first pride this year for 2019. Yes, what an amazing pride. As the parade died down, I found myself at an all-girls event at a club. First time ever. After being in there for a little while, I happened to come across this girl who I thought was really cute. I approached her, first time ever approaching anyone, and asked if I could dance with her, and she was down for it. Fast forward to about an hour and a half to two hours later, we were still having fun, dancing, and enjoying each other's Y'all company. Dance for two hours? Okay, mm, sorry, go that's, ahead. That's them okay. young knees. Anyway, <laughs> she seemed just as interested as I was, so I went ahead and asked for her number. Again, first time ever. When it was time for her to leave, I gave her a hug, expressing how great it was to meet her. Told her I'd text her, and we went our separate ways. I texted her the next day saying I was just checking in to see if she got back home safe. And she responded and seemed appreciative. About three exchanges later, she stopped responding. I figured that was it and was prepared to move forward. But then she responded the next day. Again, about two exchanges later, she stopped responding. Now, I'm very aware that everyone communicates differently. But how do I figure out what this is? If we can't communicate, lol. I'm not completely sure what I should do now. I don't want to seem crazy. That's their words, not ours. We, you know, ableist language. Uh, Or obsessive by reaching out again. But on the other hand, what if she has read our interaction as me not being interested in her? Or she may just fear reaching out herself and trying to engage in conversation. I'm not completely sure where to go with this. And the people around me seem just as confused. Do you ladies have any advice? P.S. People who use read receipts terrify me. <laughs> <laughs> See, you can come on over to Team Droid and you don't have to deal with that. Um, I'm going to give some Hanifa advice of uh, your gay aunties and pick up the phone and call. Yeah. Just call. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, I think... I think my advice, you know, I've been talking like I'm 50, like I've lived a life or something, but I just, for me, I think in my experience, if, if people are not like enthusiastic and clear about wanting to do whatever, Mm -hmm. then I just think, I just don't think it's worth it. Can you, um, get off my toes, please? Thank you. You just stepped on my toes with that one. I mean, I just think if you have to go, if you have to do the back and forth, if it's not clear. Agreed. Or or I say before you get there, you know, I don't know if you all live in the same area, but I think you should just ask. I I just feel like the the older I get, I am an impatient person to begin with. So it's like, I just can't do, I don't have patience to do the, you know, Mm -hmm, whatever. mm -hmm. You know, mm-hmm. despite my own <laughs> curved chronicle about my current relationship. But, <laughs> the two-year curve. Whoa, 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 whoa. The epic. Anyway, it's just like, I just feel like people should just be very clear. Yeah. And very, be very explicit about what it is that you want. And then this is part of this the email that I think is interesting where you're like, um, you know, maybe she hasn't reached out. Maybe she in, misread my interaction. Or, but I, I, I think that that... I think all that of that these comes things, out of not knowing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Your yeah. brain starts to do all this stuff. Yeah. That's why I would just call. 
Because I feel like I know I'm really bad at that. Like, I'll be texting someone same, same. and then something will happen. You just end up doing something Yeah, else. yeah, yeah. Um, and so when you are on the phone with each other, you know, it's like a thing. And then I feel like you also pick up better on chemistry when you pick up the phone. Um, shocking. But also, if y'all are in the same area, like, see if she wants to meet up again. Yep, yep. This is just my personal thing. I know I'm extra and extreme, so please don't take this as any kind of advice. But I ain't never danced with nobody for I don't have two hours. If we dance, I don't have two hours. I take that as a marriage proposal, and you are my fiance. So, so we're leaving this party engaged. I think <laughs> you're so ridiculous. <laughs> I think I'm increasingly learning that there are people who are who can dance for two hours with somebody and it's not anything. And it don't mean anything. Yeah, and it's just or yeah, it's like, oh look, we're having fun. Like I really like dancing with this person, but it's not. It's actually that relationship ends once you cross the threshold of the door to leave whatever establishment you're at. I think that there's something. Or I'll say this: it, it might be something, but is it enough to move on to something else? Mm. I think I think that that's. Oh that yeah, you like don't you don't figure that out until later. Yeah. Um, she gave you her number, so like, there's something. Yeah. Yeah. I just think you just have to nip it in the bud now. You just can't. Yes. You can't keep going in this space. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, I, the sense that I get is like, you like, what are you all exchanging? Like, what are you all talking about? You probably yeah. asking, how's your day? What do you do? Yeah. Yeah. It's like we don't have time for that. It's only so much you could do that. Yeah. yeah. Just be like, hey, do you want to, you know, either call like money said, or just mm-hmm. be like, hey, do you want to go out? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let us know how it goes. Yes, if you call, if you email, if you end up going out, right. let us know. Um, and I also I don't want to I don't want to leave this by I think I'm just so proud of you for doing all of this because you said it's your oh, first. Yeah, and so many instances that you you yeah. said that this was your first, first time, time doing this, mm-hmm. and it's like regardless of how this turns out, I really hope that you don't um don't be discouraged. Yeah, thank you for saying that, Nikita. Yeah, because I it's it's so fucking mm-hmm. hard to put yourself out there. You know Tell what I me mean? About it. And um just get doors slammed in your face and it sounds like it sounds like and... money might have her own curved kind of yeah. <laughs> share. But I, I did I I when I first read that where you were kept documenting, yes. you know, these first I'm so glad that you recognized yeah. it and that you did it. And I hope and that you continue those. to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And don't let don't let it change like how you are. Yeah. Right. So yeah. yeah, no matter the outcome. If you're the person who's going to approach first, be that person. Absolutely. Go you. <laughs> so proud of you. <laughs> Shut up, money. No, really. Like, this one of the reasons why you're my biffle. Because, like, you don't you don't not notice those things. Yeah. You notice. You're mm-hmm. like, you're doing something different here. Yeah. And I'm proud of you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. So what, Nikita? It sounded like you might have a Curved Chronicle. I, I have so many Curved Chronicles. Okay. Where do I start? A curved tome, if you will. Yeah. So, this summer has been interesting to date. I wouldn't say it was a hot girl summer. I'd say bitch. It was like a, bitch. Mm, it's like a microwave no, girl summer. It was like a Kelvin scale. That means hot. <laughs> Nerd. Um, no, I, I think I have been, like, getting a lot of people, like, hit me up mm-hmm. to, like, ooh, I'm interested. But... Yeah. Like, nothing has sort of, like, materialized out of any of that. And part of it is on me, I recognize. Mm -hmm. Like, I need to be, like, reaching out more. But I feel like I got, whew, got, like, thrown off for a minute. Mm -hmm. You know, and then, you know, Megan had to remind me, the summer is not over. Get your head in the game. Get your head in the game. So I think I might re-download either her or Tinder. Okay. 
just to play around. You know, right. see what's on there, what's new. If you don't use it, you lose it. Exactly. And also, it's always towards the end of the summer in Syracuse where there's like a surge of new people on there. Yeah. Oh, right. You know, so it's like, hmm, I'll see what's right. happening. But I... Uh, so I fell into my usual summer thing. What is your usual summer thing? Where I get really excited about somebody and they don't reciprocate. If I'm being fully honest, I want to say I get really excited about somebody and they waste my time. Because uh, I was to say, it's, I don't think it's fully not reciprocating. I don't think that's accurate, actually. Given that well, I know you and I know your history. Well, they reciprocate to a point. Yeah, okay, okay. And so that, to me, feels like my time has been wasted. I, I agree with the but, wasting of time, sure. Yeah, but, like, I also know how people are like, oh, so, like, you don't, you're not excited to have gotten to know me? It's like... Not, not <laughs> what I was looking for, something I was, in particular. Exactly, exactly. It's like, and it, and um, let me be clear, right? It's the summertime. I get people want to have, like, summer, like, flings or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. I don't expect, like, a great romance to blossom. But, like, if we are spending so much, like, emotional stuff together. Yeah. And, like, talking to each other uh-huh. and flirting and mm-hmm. doing all of this. Like, I expect it to go somewhere. Right. Like, not... I mean, even... I, this is... I'm not, I'm not trying to make a new best friend. Right. I mean, even though, like, you were being hyperbolic and silly with the, like, dancing for two hours and you expect to get married. It's like, mm-hmm. you're not expecting to be married. No. Or even to, like... Okay, I like you. I like like we're gonna be in a relationship immediately. Yeah, no, it's like it's like can we at least acknowledge that there is a thing here and then you know see where it goes from there. Yeah, and so what what happens is like in the summertime. I'm saying this because it has happened like three summers in a row yeah. now. It's like yes, it'll get acknowledged. Maybe maybe they might even say directly to me like, "Oh, I'm attracted to you," mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but then it's like. Oh, but this is a great friendship. And I, I get, I don't know, like put on ice, I guess, like back burnered or I don't know what to make of it. It's like when somebody, somebody tells you they're attracted to you, they see all the like greatness that you have to offer in the world. And then they're just like, and you're such a pal. I, like, I don't feel like it is. Ex- I don't feel like it what? goes exactly like that. I think I don't feel like this what happens is disconnected from you being a therapist. Because I feel like there are particular people who come to you who have particular kinds of shit, particular kinds of issues. And I, you're, I mean, in general, you're, I mean, obviously, like, as your best friend, you know, I, I enjoy spending time with you. You're one of the funniest, smartest fucking people I know. So I think in general, I think that you're just an amazing person to be around. But I feel like one of the other underlying patterns is that people be trying to work through shit. And it's, all of these people, like, it's not like through meeting through meeting you and knowing you that they learn that you're a therapist. They already know from the get-go that you're a therapist. And I, and I think it sucks, but I think that that... I think that that shapes the way these particular kind of people come to you. Well, I don't like it. Of course not. It's, it's a fucked up thing. People need mm-hmm. to do that. People need to get an actual therapist. People mm-hmm. need to, or at least acknowledge that shit and work through it elsewhere. That mm-hmm. you're, that's not, 
Um, that's not your job. These people are not your clients. Yeah. That's completely, it's completely and utterly fucked up. I don't disagree. I'm not, I'm not justifying the behavior at all, but I think, I don't think it's just like, oh, it's like, I like you. And then I decided I want to be friends. I think people are trying to work. So what is it? Is it, is it like, oh, I'm going to pretend. I don't think it's pretend. I don't think it's like actual attraction, but it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to like do this to ensure that there's some kind of care towards me. And then I just, I want this like intensity. That's more than a friendship, but needs to stay platonic so I can work through stuff. I think so. I mean, it's, I don't think it's kind. Of, it's not unlike when people. I feel like this is a common thing. So I've read. It's like people are often find themselves like attracted to their therapist. Yeah, and so I, I feel like it's it's like in the same vein as that. I don't think that the I don't think that the attraction is feigned or unreal. I, I think it's real. I think that people just have these. I think that it's a blur. I don't think that people n- necessarily realize that they're blurring or mixing, like, the attraction and the need to work out some other shit. Well, that hurts, y'all. And that's my curved chronicle. <laughs> it's like, for the summer of 2017, 2018, and 2019, this has happened to me. And then I just try to figure out, like, how to put myself back together again after it. Yeah. And, like, do I stay in a relationship with these folks? Do I not? And then it's just, like... I mean, I think something that I have like witnessed about you after knowing you I for a while. I don't want to believe that it's like oh, this therapy shit, but maybe. I, but what I was going to say, I think another piece of it though is because I feel like I'm familiar with, you know, the situations is that I think people like and deeply enjoy the fun money. But I also feel like it does not feel like a coincidence. I'm thinking about two instances in particular where once you have laid the you have laid the line about mm-hmm. how you're not going to be treated, mm-hmm. then I think people are like, oh, do you know you know what I mean? Yes, I, think, I know what you mean. And so I just because I like, talked about that curve on here too. Yeah, and so I think yeah. I think that that's also another thing. It's like you're. And, and, and that's also one of the reasons, you know, like, you know, why I admire you and love you. You're just, and I feel like I've seen you grow in that regard. So I don't think that it's like, oh, so I think it sucks, you know, and it feels shitty that this has happened, um, you know, like multiple times in a row. But I feel like I have seen your response to it grow and change. Because what bothers me, this is going to sound so petty, y'all. So, yes, I do think I've grown in this regard because I used to just be like, oh, okay, I'll yes, just stay fun yeah, money yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but now it's like nope, this is my boundary and this is what it is. Respect it or leave. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But what I also feel like is, like I said, I be getting hit up in the summer, y'all. Like summer is my yeah. season. The bitch has been <laughs> effervescing, and you know it's like damn. I I've kind of like put all these other folks kind of like on hold. Not right. that feels so shady, but like I'm not I'm not a polyamorous person. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's like when I want to get to know somebody, I want to get to know yeah. them. And so I put like all these other people on hold and then your ass is just like, "Why wow, you're such a pal, a dope." Right. I'm like, "Fuck." Like a whole month. I could have I could have done. But it's not just like you're a pal, but all saying that and doing things that are that don't actually line up with that, oh, yes. I wanna be platonic. Yeah, but that's what that's yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. happens to me. Yeah. You know, and it's like I, I don't wanna like archetype these people or like characterize them as like they're all the same or like sure. I'm all the same. You know? Mm-hmm. But it's just it's like I I really felt like fuck again. Yeah. Damn it. Like every fucking summer. Yeah. <laughs> oh my 
Oh my god. <laughs> but okay. Um, I know we're, this is getting kind of long, but I just wanted to give a really quick, funny Curved Chronicle. Please. All right. Because this one is heavy and dramatic, and I'm still working through my shit, y'all. Um, so, I was sick when I was in the city. Like, the first couple days I was sick. Yeah. You know, I had one of my headaches. And I went into, like, a family dollar to get some, like, medicine and some toiletries because I had left my toiletries bag here. Thank you for bringing it to me, friend. <laughs> and I was walking in, like, half awake because I was sick. And this white dude was walking out while I was coming out. And <laughs> he held the door for me, I guess. And so I walk in and he goes, you're welcome. And so I look back. I'm in my pajamas. Like, I just look yeah. hit, right? And I look back and I'm like, what? And, <laughs> and he goes, I thought you were nice looking. I held the door for you. And you didn't say anything to me. You're welcome. <laughs> Oh, my God. This white dude in that side. And I just la- I laughed before he even finished his sentence because it was just so absurd to me. Like, on so many levels. First of all, I had, like, rainbow beads yeah. in my hair. But, you know, what does that matter to men? And, and then it, I was just also thinking, like, you're not owed. Like, if... If I'm going to make sure I say thank you to anybody, it damn sure ain't you. It's not going to be no <laughs> fucking young white boy. <laughs> I thought you were nice looking. I held the door and you didn't say anything. You're welcome. Yes, Charles. I did not say anything. Get the fuck out of my face and let me get into this CVS, please. <laughs> it was just like, okay, so if I would have said thank you, did, did, was that going to be, oh, you was going to shoot your shot? Right. Like, what the hell? A thank you is not an invitation. Shooting a shot out of a water gun. Get the fuck out of here, boy. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I was just like, get the fuck out of here. And you're, I just you're like, like okay, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You bested me there. You know, get his ass up out I here. just laughed at him. <laughs> but I'm, I'm sure he went on that day. Like, Can you believe she didn't? And I was going to take that negress out. <laughs> she had the audacity. <laughs> oh, my God. So. I hope you threw your head back and did a good, <laughs> deep belly laugh. I, no, I just kind of did like a. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Because <laughs> he was really, he was like leaning forward. You know, he was really, he was really into it, like. I held the door for you. Oh, my God. Like, dude, if you don't go somewhere. Yeah. That was really funny. I guess I curved him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Hopefully more people are curving Ted. <laughs> what if that's just his move? He stands there holding doors for people. Like a fucking freak. <laughs> All right. So if y'all have any curved chronicles, send them on over to QueerWalkPod at gmail.com. Or you can, like, DM them to us. Yeah. Or any other things. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, this is Money, a.k.a. Bust Down Montiana. And this has been Nikita, your mild spring queer. And you just listened to Queer Walk, the podcast. With editing support from Ahmad Saeed.